blowing up is it? Uh, ACLS. Okay. Took a little sip. No one knows what that is. Uh, advanced cardiac life support. It's the same thing that we, we do this. I mean, I, I I hope that this this dark fact makes people feel a little bit better, but we do the exact thing that hospitals do for cardiac arrest um, in EMS. Is that good or bad? Like, why why uh, would that make me feel any kind of way? Uh, because you're getting, you get the same kind of treatment that you would in a hospital on, in, in your house when you die. So there you go. So um, is that nice for you, for someone, right? Okay. So, so I yes, I I, I uh, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I played one video game that's new. Well, I, I well yeah, maybe, it's but, not but, new. Really, just really but... just one. It's not it's not super new. Um, uh, when did hold on? Let me let me. Is I got, it I wait? Is it so? Is it the Dead by Daylight Chucky chapter? Because Chucky. From Child's Play is now uh, playable in Dead by Daylight. Oh, so th- you think that's the new thing? excited about this? Um, the the game I played is not now. Believe it or not, because I know this is this the uh, the the readers of the podcast and they are readers um, know that we are huge Dead by Daylight fans, right? Like huge, huge fans. The, the this this uh, one I I had read a review online that said that said I, I you know WTG more like. FNAF and DBD, right? Because all we talk about are FNAF and BD, BBD, right? Um, but no, it's not that. I played the the new, and it's new if you count uh, coming out uh, 9-18, September 18th, this is the year, uh, as new, which I think it counts as new, especially since I can't really, like, usually always get to things at a, at a crazy rate. But Lies of P, which is, I, I think, is not the best name. I think it no, is. No, it's it a, is but not. it's a it's on Game Pass, right? So anybody who has Game Pass can try this game out. Excellent. I still don't know what that is. So I did it the the um the boomer way of I bought it on Steam. Um, well, at least you didn't like call up your local game store and you're like, "Do you hello, guys hello. have the lies of <laughs> hello? The, hello." The P stands. I don't know what the P stands for, but I hope you know. Uh. So you're playing it? Are you playing this on? You're playing it on Steam. Are you playing it on your Steam Deck? Have you? Played I have it on done Steam both. Deck? I, I have played you it on Steam Deck. It, it is Steam Deck. It is a surprisingly good. It it is the best thing I've ever run on Steam Deck, and that is not an insane bar to clear because typically, if I'm playing something that looks really nice, I'd rather play it on my computer. If I, a lot of the stuff that I play on Steam Deck are, you know, your Bone Razor Minions, number one game of the year, obviously. Are, are there any games that you've played that were really like? Um, I guess Hi-Fi Rush. I played in the entirety. Kind of janky. Um, I mean, sometimes even it, it, it Steam Deck, due to to um, like developer optimization, I feel like there are times where even the not most attractive looking games don't like run fantastically on Steam Deck or another big problem with Steam Deck is weird menu interfaces like you know sometimes especially when games are more used to being controlled by mouse and keyboard um there's like a lot of time like I I instantly am kind of annoyed when I like open up a game on Steam Deck and then I have to start like scrolling around you usually if I if I have to start using the trackpad as like a cursor then I know that like this is not going to be a good experience but yeah so 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 to start out i mean not related to the lives of p the game itself it does run very well on steam deck this is this is an extremely well optimized game i think all around like it is 
Um, it's incredibly good looking. It's a it's a, a a really like one of the better looking games I've seen, especially because I I like the aesthetic. It's very gothic. Um, uh, it's uh, the game is I think really in love with the first part of Bloodborne. Um, that that is that is my takeaway. I'm I'm um like 15 hours in at this point, and uh, I'll cut to the chase. This is a souls ass souls game. This is. A, a lot of the beats of it are so soulsy that, like, it it, it would not... It, if you gave this game to someone and didn't tell them anything about the development history, and you just said, here you go, 2023, play this game, um, I, I, I really don't think it would be surprising to think that this is straight up a FromSoft game. Because, uh, like, in the beginning, I had a choice between a sort of like I think like a magic-y weapon, a great sword with it's like all the way into strength, and a dexy kind of weapon, a rapier. I picked the rapier for a dex build. And I think like the con- not even the control scheme, but the the uh like animations feel so much like exactly what you think of when you think of Dark Souls or like, you know, Soulsborne style like rapier attacks where you know like your your left your l1 you know you're gonna stab a bunch of times uh your r2 is like this charge up then like leap forward and stab you know stuff like that like it's it's a like riposte kind of um so this is a a a soulsy ass souls game that aesthetically is very gothic um definitely uh reminds me a lot of of that first segment of of bloodborne as far as like game comparisons to go obviously like bloodborne didn't invent um, like gothic horror, like like that sort of like Londony, older Londony looking um, uh, vibe. Um, the the setup is bizarre, um, as you might imagine in a Souls game, and um, just like a Souls game, the story is told very minimalist. Um, a lot of the like some of the more major beats might just be disseminated in like one or two sentences from reading an item. Um, again, this is yeah. Souls Ass Souls game. Um, you, uh, you are the, the, the setup is that, and it's, and again, it actually, of all the Souls games that it seems to want to ape, it is Bloodborne really the most. Um, you, you are a puppet. You are Pinocchio. The Lies of P. Oh my God. P stands for Pinocchio. This is a darker take on a probably already dark tale. Um, Geppetto uh, one of the original inventors of like these puppets, and in puppets in this world are also like a- automatons, where they are they they were a like they ushered the creation of like puppets kind of seemed to usher in this uh, kind of utopian this short lived utopian era where puppet puppets were basically just slaves. They were just like the servants class, and they would just be you know butlers and uh, like the workforce. Um, uh, and then there was a puppet uprising and this game takes place after, after a puppet uprising, um, stalkers are like this group in the game that are kind of like the hunters in like Bloodborne, I guess, where stalkers are like meant to clean up, uh, whenever like puppet puppets get unruly. And now you are in like what is essentially post-apocalyptic, like the, the puppet, uh, uh, riot has gone out of control um uh the the uh world is in turmoil uh people are not on the streets there is like bot dead bodies and tons of puppets and it uh it also gets to a um 
kind of like Lovecraft because it's it's so bloodborne it wants to go kind of Lovecraftian at some point so so there's that um the story I think overall like like the story is a souls story um it it's kind of you know it's it's interesting it's I think it's a little bit less obfuscated than a regular soul story but it's not what you're coming here for um the so so you're tired a little bit so you you dig the aesthetic and you dig you dig this story. I personally I've never really cared about the story in any Souls games other than like even Bloodborne. Like I just couldn't be asked to like look into it. I learned more about Bloodborne after I was done playing it through like looking up stuff and lore. Yeah. And then like on a second playthrough, I was like, oh, there's that guy. But it was never really good enough for me i felt I, like i can't disagree like it was never you. like a, i have to see i have to see what happens was never the point i can't I, I can't disagree with you and also i'm not um like and i i'm i'm not and i imagine barely anybody is the type of person to, that actually pieces these stories together whole cloth like that's someone else's job right like you're there to play the game and you're enjoying it, and then there's there's like little sparks of story stuff of like, oh, that's an interesting concept, or like, or like, oh, you're you're referring to like a past event, and a couple, you know, like of these key items refer to this interesting past event, and like, the, like in your mind, it, it just it serves as like this interesting backdrop that you're like, oh, they really you know thought about some elements of this world and fleshed that out, but then I think just like you i would agree that usually i'm the way where i finish the game and then maybe after that i i look for like a youtube video online that kind of pieces together all the story elements and puts it in chronological order and like says you know oh this by the way this boss you fought was um this important political character before the like the puppet uprising kind of thing so so no i would not say that like this is the the big thing um the big like this is not how i would sell people on the game this is just like you know I'm smoothing them into it. Um, one of the one of the quick things I would just say to sell people on the game is that out of all the Souls games, I I I, I really like Bloodborne the best. Uh, I think with like a bullet, it's my it's my number one um, on there. And uh, I, I think some of the elements that make me like Bloodborne the best, not only just for I really like the aesthetic, I really liked um, the trick weapons a lot. Um, and the combat in Bloodborne, I feel like still is kind of like unrivaled as outside of Sekiro. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure people would, would, ar- there, there, there's at least one person that would argue with me on that. But outside of Sekiro, I feel like for the most part, like Bloodborne is the best combat, um, and, uh, of the, of the Souls main, games. And it's like a good pinnacle for, for that, like a good peak for that. And, um, uh, combat is similar to Bloodborne. So you have that, uh, when you're locked on, you have a quick dash. Um, when you aren't locked on, you have a roll. Um, you, uh, so like the movement is fast. Um, you never get a shield or anything. So this is another really bloodborne element is that the game is more offensive and more about parrying and dodging than anything else. Like there isn't a true strengthy armory like i'm gonna stand there and take damage build i think because when you straight up like r1 i mean i'm I'm even like the controller layout is the same too so i'm even gonna mention like the buttons when you straight up block an enemy attack um you take less damage but you take it as like um uh uh like almost like the same way in bloodborne when you take damage then you can heal it back like you take like this like uh, 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 you take damage from blocking, but it's this gray bar, and it slowly uh, goes down. And if you hit an enemy, you can gain that back. So, 
you are the game has a really serious emphasis on either dodging or straight up pairing or like like a uh, uh, pairing and the pairing window is very tight but very it feels so satisfying to pull off and the more i play the game the more it feels like uh a lot of lies of p is actually secretly like a greatest hits of souls mechanics where I, th- I think whoever, like, one of the things that they seem to really like out of Sekiro is that the way that boss fights in Sekiro work is that you have to get used to this sort of, like, very rhythm game-esque flow. Um, not You can't really rely on the way that I'm usually used to doing Souls games, which is, like, you circle strafe, you dodge, um, you learn, like you know, which is a good direction to dodge for a lot of these attacks, and, like, that's how I'm going to deal with it. Um, in Sekiro, that doesn't really, that's not really effective. You're really more relying on parrying, and to get it, and the bosses are usually so fast, and basically wait no time between attacks, to the point where you're usually not just, like, waiting for a big attack and then attacking. You're usually more trying to, like, parry, parry, get in a hit, parry, because you know that there's, like, a small gap in between this, this like, attack timing. So, uh, and that feels, like, really good when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're actually doing that. Um, another thing, and, like, and, like, mechanically, I think some of the things are where this game is, like, where you can actually sell this game outside of it being, like, oh, it's a Souls game. Um, I think, uh, uh, they, they did take the Sekiro arm. Um, you, there is a ton of, like, puppet arms. Uh, your left arm is, like, this interchangeable Sekiro arm, um, and you get access to one at some point kind of early on, and then after that, you start making choices about which ones you want to unlock, which ones you want to upgrade. Um, and they all, they have all different things. Like, I, I think one of them that I, that I just, just sort of instantly changed the game for me that I just fell in love with immediately is called a puppet wire, and, uh, you can either attack an enemy with it and drag them to you if it's a small enemy, not a boss, obviously. And, or when you start to upgrade it, you can also um, uh, pull yourself to an enemy or while you're attached, uh, uh, do a massive swing dodge left or right. Um, so, like, it becomes this, like, hyper... It, like, lets you get more mobility. But then there's other arms to do other things. I have a cannon arm that shoots a AoE, like, blast shot thing. Um, there's a flamethrowing arm there's a arm that drops a landmine um there's actually an arm that that does become a shield um and it only works as like a perfect parry timing and if you um parry with the arm it explodes and uh, deals like damage so um so it's got the 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 that sekiro uh arm style thing and I, and i i think that that's done very well I think one of the the uh, one of the the areas where it kind of like maybe puts one of its coolest takes on souls is that the uh, weapons are uh, craftable and interchangeable in this really really cool way. So the yeah, blade this this is the thing that has me kind of interested in the game. So the so so the weapons are like hyper craftable. Um, so. Dark Souls, you know, Dark Souls or or Bloodborne or Elden Ring or what have you, uh, you get a weapon and the weapon is 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 generally that way. And uh, sometimes as you upgrade it, one of the major things that might happen is that you have like scaling differences with the with your stats. Like it, you know, it starts to do more damage for for dexterity or strength. Um, for this game, 
whenever you get a weapon, unless it's a boss weapon, which I actually, in my experience, have not found to so far be like that fantastic. Usually they're actually like kind of cool takes on other weapons, and I'll get into that, but uh, a normal weapon in this game is comprised of two, it gives you two things. Uh, the top of the weapon and the bottom of the weapon are like the hilt. Um, so you, so like, let's say like early on you get a bat and it's like a bludgeoning weapon. It's dealing like increased strength damage. Um, obviously, you know, like it swings a certain way cause you're used to it and you got to handle, um, the things that you do when you switch the weapons around is that the weapons top determines the speed at which the weapon swings and the range. So like. Uh, here, here, and the the weapon's bottom is what the swing animation is. So you can straight up, and I did this right away. Um, take a great sword and put it on a dagger, and it'll still or like a, like a rapier, right? Like a, like a, like how about like a rapier? And you have that rapier poke animation, but you have the great sword speed and range. If that makes any sense, so you can like completely sure, modify yeah. weapons to be around like what you're looking for, and then uh, the next kind of uh, another crazy step in this, and like some would say this is too insane, maybe I would say this is too insane, is that you can modify hilts because the hilt is where the um, the damage scaling comes from. You can modify hilts to scale with what stat you want it to be. Um, these are like rarer, harder to find items. Um, the 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 handles. But um, you can modify, like, uh, you know, a dagger or, like, modify a greatsword into scaling with, like, the arcane, the, like, magic. So, Let's say, other than that, uh, uh, mechanically, there is, like, a large talent tree. And the talent tree... Ooh, a lar Is it fun, though? Is it fun? It kind of is fun because I think one of the more fun things is that uh, to get... So there's, there, there's big talents... You have to get like big talents. They're, they're, I know. I, th those I know are what you mean big talents. Big talents, as in like maybe changes your game in a little bit more serious of a way of something like. Yeah, I know. I played Path of Exile. Sure, sure, sure. So like maybe some of your bigger talents. The the way that you unlock the big talents or like get them to be activated is that you slot in these small talents, and instead of just being stats, the small talents are actually like. My more minor like upgrade things of like now you're like increasing stagger window and stuff so nothing like like I kind of like a talent tree that doesn't just that you know you level up or something or you get a talent in this case you actually have to get like a material to be able to uh, slot talents in but you're not just getting something that's like oh plus five to your decks you know something that might be a little bit more boring it's something that's maybe a little bit more exciting of like oh now you're uh now we increase the time on your stagger window so you're less likely to like miss that opportunity on a stagger window or like now whenever you hit enemies you'll slightly increase your your puppet arm gauge so you can use more of your puppet arm attacks um so so uh let's say if let's see if there's anything else you know um i, I have unlocked a couple of the boss uh, 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 weapons and a lot of them are like kind of weirder maybe like interesting concepts and like build defining things. One, one I have unlocked is like a trick umbrella and it attacks like a rapier. But, um, if you hold the button down, the umbrella opens up and it has like a couple frames of like true block, um, while the umbrella, uh, is, is opening. So that that's kind of a weird, if you think about the concept of that, of like a soul's rapier, where, where as you're attacking, you can also like hold the button down or like use certain combinations to, to unleash the umbrella. And then like, perfect parry a boss's attack so you can like technically you know if you were good at this weapon and like time things out um attack during a dangerous uh po point um uh attack flip open the umbrella just as you're about to be hit and then 
and then uh, block it. The, the, so, so let me ask you, um, you mentioned like boss weapons. So I imagine like each boss is giving you like an option of like yep. two weapons. Exactly. Like a, 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 right. a, either the boss is giving you an option between a an amulet, which is your, you know, dark, how I, you know, dark soul style uh, of a thing that you put on your person that is going to give you something from, from boring things like increases your, you know, weight limit, increases your health or whatever to ex- more exciting things. Like I have one where, uh, when I fully run out of, um, uh, stamina, I can dodge once. Um, so, so like, that's a little bit more exciting of like, Maybe sure. you can get get them a little bit more risky and then uh, dodge out of the way. Um, and so then, how how linear is it? Like, are you fighting bosses like in different order? Are there like secret bosses? It is very linear. It is very linear. It kind of goes back to like some of the more uh, like Dark Souls or let's say like actually closer to like Demon Souls, really, where where oh. the the areas are. There are several pathways that kind of like loop back to a main pathway, and there is a lot of the soul style of you come to a door and the door is locked, and then you go, you know, 15 minutes in the other direction, and then you loop all the way back around and you unlock the door, and now the the bonfire because there's bonfires in this game they're called stargazers, um, uh, is now right there, and now you're going to be able to progress easier. You like you unlocked, you know, shortcuts, but but yes, you are going. It is it is extremely linear. Um, there, you're not having choices between. Um, where you're gonna go at any time, um, and what boss you're gonna fight, and onto the the bosses, which I think are maybe in and of themselves another um, uh, big, I think, selling point for the game. I think they're fantastic. I think they're actually some of the best Souls bosses I've fought in a long time. That's especially because I'm coming off of like Elden Ring, where the bosses weren't so good. Um, uh, the bosses don't ever feel cheap. A lot of in a lot of cases, the bosses are that perfect kind of you do like you know 20 or so attempts in a lot of case in some cases like some bosses like for my play style i just i beat one boss i would i did twice and then beat them and for friend of the show ryan galloway uh he said that that was his hardest to fight boss so far and then he and then vice versa we had another one where like it was really hard for me and he sim- didn't seem to have that much problem with it but for the most part the bosses are so are in my opinion like pretty finely tuned to the point where on that like kind of last run you're just like you you know the you know you know every tell that the boss is going to have you know the timings for it you know when they can follow up attacks you know everything like you get down to the point where like you you're st- you stop kind of dodging and being afraid you're more just kind of in their face parrying attacking parrying attacking and getting like a really good flow for it and like knowing everything about it and i haven't had that happen in a while i think maybe like bloodborne was the last one that i played where i just really loved the flow of of losing a bunch of the boss to the point where i really learned it and felt like like now i won't lose again um and uh they've been great and i and i i I recently beat a what what is usually called in in souls games a gank boss where um it, it, it was it was done so cool and so well for multiple reasons. There was this main boss, this like older brother that was always on the field, and his health bar was on the bottom. And then, throughout different health point points in the the, the um in the fight, uh, his siblings would jump in, and you'd have to like, and usually because the bro- the, the the oldest brother was was older, uh, they would move around kind of slower, so you could kind of kite them a little bit while dealing with the faster uh, younger siblings and um the the balance of it the 
the way that the big brother like makes certain noises in the background so you could hear the the attacks that he's lining up with if can he reach you from the distance everything felt like very good very fair usually these bosses these boss fights feel very unfun when you have two enemies kind of attacking at the same time but this boss fight felt like very finely tuned very nice very like it made sense how things worked, how you could like you know ration it out and and uh, and and take it like kind of piecemeal. And I just I, so far that aspect of the game, I think like the bosses have really been like to it to its credit, like like phenomenal. Um, I'm 15 hours in. Uh, uh, I am really enjoying it, and the game still kind of like every once in a while wants to like throw new mechanics at me so like i'm 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 not sure i'm not surprised that like 15 hours i still got a like a new mechanic there's just like weird timing based tree where it grows fruits at a certain time like eight, on an eight hour schedule and if you pick the fruits like you can put them into this item to get what is essentially um a different version of the uh that i i forget the name of it the one from the the, the estes flask that you could customize in elden ring I don't know. It's an Estes yeah. flask. So, so you know, you know how they had an Estes. They had an Estes flask in Elden Ring where you could customize, like you could give it like two different properties, and and, and you know, the properties could be like heals you over time, burst heals you. Those are boring options. You could give you like you know gives you increased attack speed, increased damage, like you know uh, increased stamina regeneration. So like you know it gives you, you get one of those. Um, this is a very good game. Uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, it, it it feels how far in are you you think 15 hours and um it it's really hard to tell i i feel like maybe less than halfway i want to say based on like even looking down like the talent tree and stuff like that and looking at some of like the menus i would say maybe it's like a 30 45 hour game you know maybe maybe a little bit more maybe a little less i know that that, that um it's apparently like done so well for the studio which i should probably look up the name of the studio but it's done so Neo well for is it, they yeah. are the publisher and the developer uh primarily they've been known more as a publisher they actually published um skull the hero slayer and they recently uh put out a game called uh sanabi uh which is uh reviewing extremely well yeah, so this is like a. I mean, if especially for people who like Bloodborne, I think that this is very good. And it's like, it's 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 so good at being a Souls game that I I think it is the very first Souls game I've played outside of actual FromSoft games that actually felt like a good game. I think in most cases, Souls the the, the Souls like games usually feel like obviously like a knockoff or obviously like you know like this isn't the real team doing this this is like someone else aping another team style and this is done so well that that it it, it is like the, the first non from soft souls game that i feel like deserves to that isn't that isn't like half made that is that feels triple that feels like really complete really well done really like you know, clean from everything. Like I, I haven't had any issues. I remember, like I, I remember when this game came out. I, 
I, I saw it reviewing well, but I saw certain weird things like IGN said that like they had encountered a lot of bugs and maybe I'm just like, maybe this is like a, you know, the, the reverse of what I usually get. And um, I've actually been lucky. I haven't seen anything weird. I haven't seen like enemies clipping through walls or like falling through the, the earth like they showed on like the IGN review. Let them fall. Yeah. Um, you know? And I, I so far, I'm just really impressed with the game and I'm, I, I hope to finish it soon. It's been, it's been a great experience. And, and for, especially for Souls fans who like, uh, really, in particular, Bloodborne or Sekiro. I think this is this is a this is a great game. Cool. What have you right been playing? On. So I guess to start off with a new game or an old game, uh, I've a been playing Risk of Risk of Rain Returns. Yeah. Uh, so Risk of Rain came out ten years ago at this point. The original Risk of Rain. Uh, and I, I feel like not a lot of people actually played Risk of Rain, the original. I feel like the second one exploded and became like a classic. But the first one, uh, it is very different. And and I think that the first thing is like just you know, the the Risk of Rain two, it's a it's a three D uh roguelite shooter. And the first one uh is a two D roguelite shooter. Uh, with some platforming elements, uh, but shares a lot of DNA with Risk of Rain 2, uh, but with some changes. So Risk of Rain Returns is more than just a remake. It is a remaster of the original Risk of Rain with a ton of new content, new playable characters, new levels, new game modes as well, uh, including... One of them, which is called, I think it's called uh, Prismatic Trials, which are kind of these like uh, one-off challenges uh, that you do. It'll be like uh, using this character, uh, use their explosives to bounce the crab in the air for a minute without letting it touch the bottom of the water. Or uh, use this character's slide to uh, race through the, the fungal caverns. So it'll be all of these like almost mini games but not really but but each of them that you do unlocks new abilities and weapons for the for the character that you're using so it's pretty neat as like a this is a way to teach you about uh extra mechanics that this character has but also just like a i don't feel like doing an entire run or i don't have time for a run or people aren't online so but i want to play this solo uh, so this is really like a, a neat little mode to hop in and to get some unlockables and feel like um, you're progressing through the content of the game while you're doing something kind of unique that's solo. Yeah, is this new? I, I missed if you said that or not. Uh, this mode is new, yeah. Okay. So Risk of Rain 2 had a trials mode, but it, what, what it actually was was it was kind of like a daily challenge mode, so a little bit different. Uh, and there are some really neat new playable characters uh, in Risk of Rain Returns, my favorite, and I think that like the community's favorite is the pilot, who is this character that's just like full of mobility, has the ability to like uh, shoot up to combo enemies in the air. So like you're you're kind of comboing, like placing down bombs that blast enemies into the air, and then doing like this upward fire move that stuns them, uh, and also has like a wave dash mechanic that allows them to really quickly just like move through the stage 
Risk of Rain Returns uh, and Risk of Rain 1 in general is much slower than Risk of Rain 2. And I saw a lot of people saying Risk of Rain Returns is a great game, but ultimately it made me just want to play more Risk of Rain 2. And I kind of feel the same way. Where Risk of Rain Returns is an awesome game. But Risk of Rain 2 just feels more complete in a lot of ways. Uh, The world of Risk of Rain 2 uh, feels so much bigger, so much more epic and mysterious. Uh, And that's not to say that, you know, there isn't a lot to do in Risk of Rain Returns, but it, it does feel smaller than Risk of Rain 2, but that hasn't really stopped me from uh, putting in the hours. Uh, I've already clocked, I think, I sometimes I leave the game on overnight, so it's impossible to know how much I've actually played. But I've probably played around 40 hours of Risk of Rain Returns, uh, and I haven't unlocked everything yet. And it's a it is a great game to play on the Steam Deck as well. Yeah, well, um, if you were uh trying to get into it would you play risk of rain or risk of rain 2 risk of rain returns or risk of rain 2 ah uh, that's a good question like I, you haven't played either of them i guess risk of rain 2 is is the more complete game and i think it's also the more accessible game i think risk of rain 2 is a bit easier so i i think that from an accessibility standpoint risk of rain 2 works there i think that risk of rain 2 it it shares more dna with other games like it just being like this sort of like third person shooter i think is easier to understand than risk of rain returns which is kind of like this 2d game that has a a more unique art style uh that i think maybe could be off-putting to um more casual gamers Mm mm-hmm who don't understand the art of it, you know? But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat a, that it both exists. Both of them have kind of a unique art style. But, kind you of know, more minimalisty, kind of a little bit more like... It's also interesting because um, the developer of Risk of Rain, Hapu, they sold the IP to Gearbox, and then Risk of Rain Returns is their last hurrah working with this IP. So there's another expansion coming out for risk of rain 2 and it's being developed by gearbox so we'll see what that's like and also gearbox is developing a risk of rain uh survivor like game that is also a gotcha and it's mobile free to play it's a lot of different words that i don't really understand how that's going to uh i think i actually saw that it wasn't that in imagine beta? imagine vampire survivors i think i gotcha. saw that in beta yeah and I, I, I think I think I actually did see that in beta and you and uh, you you don't aim, right? Like it just No, it's like a vampire survivors. Yeah. I could imagine that working. I could imagine that working, but I could also imagine um uh mostly fans not being happy with that because like what that doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the original um uh risk of rain uh, minute to minute gameplay, but that's fine. Like I, I you don't have to make every game be the same in there. Like you can have um different genres of different uh, in the same uh yeah uh, world. but 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 in that genre i could sort of see like the way that items in risk of rain work working in this sort of like mobile style auto shooter game mm-hmm. where you're picking up items that are 
causing chain lightning, causing enemies to bleed that are firing missiles when you uh, attack mm -hmm. three times or whatever. I could see all of that working. Um, I'm not above trying that, but I, I will say that my um, Pixel ain't running games like it used to. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I feel think like you need I a could, good phone. Like there's, there's, phone. there's some good-looking games coming out on the horizon right now. Um, other than the games that look so good that are out right now, that are like the, the uh, MiHoYo is coming out with a another game, Zenless Zone Zero, and that's in um, closed beta right now. Uh, I kind of want to fold. And um, you know, Withering Waves, Withering Waves, yeah, is is coming out, and like that's another like like there's there's this huge like I think 2024 is gonna have a lot of these. Like the second wave of Genshin -y games of like really really good looking, um, but like mo even more actiony based combat than Genshin um, type. Give of me games. one that folds up, you know. Yeah, they're expensive because essentially like the the folding phones. Those are just like they took two phones and they glued them together and then they charge you for two phones. I don't know if I want to fold because I'm still afraid of like that technology. Aren't you like I an iPhone person? Yeah, I've. I mean, the last couple of phones I've had. I'm not like diehard. I am not like I wouldn't, um, you know, ever do something else. But yes, I've had an iPhone for a while. All right. So you're. So you're. So you're not really into the the phone innovation either way. I. I. I mean, every once in a while, I got to get a new phone and I get a free iPhone because I trade in the other one. I'm not afraid because I, I know that when the new phone comes out. I could put all the stuff from my own old phone to my new phone. That's true. That's nice. And I keep all the photos saved on my computer just in case something bad happens. But nothing bad's gonna happen. I don't even do that. Is it I like really that? Should I should really probably do that. You're you're right. Something yeah. bad could happen. Um, what else have you played? You played some more. I played Kombat. a. I played a lot of Risk of Rain too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, is there anything? Is there, has there been anything new? Are you excited for new Risk of Rain content now that uh, it's bought by Gearbox, or are you like um, you feel a little weary, a little weary? No, I feel good about it. I feel like the the game. I, I feel like Risk of Rain two. I I I struggle to say this, but I think that it is so good that it cannot be fucked up, and that by adding new content, it's it's going to be hard for them to make the game worse by adding content. We'll hmm. see what happens. But but I will also th Famous say last that words, huh? historically, I like the gameplay that Gearbox puts out. And they put out a dev video that talked about their philosophy uh, on developing Risk of Rain 2 content. And it sounded very promising and very reasonable. And I, I feel like at this point, I'm I'm someone who plays a lot of roguelites, so I I also feel like I'm I'm at the point where I could say that Risk of Rain Two is probably a top five, top five best, and I and I think that uh, it would be hard to argue that to argue against that. Yeah, I, I think it. most people that have given that game a fair shake and have played it a lot would agree that it is uh, one of the best roguelites available. I think you so should too. play more of that. I should play more of that. Um, I was playing more of a roguelite. I was playing uh, Astral Ascent, which is a game I really fell in love with this, this year. Um, uh, had its 1.0. And honestly, kind of a lackluster 1.0 because I wish I could be telling you 
um, like, oh, they released a new character and this is how the character works out or something kind of big. It's more like as a one as far as 1.0s go, it 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 does appropriately take some of the things where like the uh, when I when I was playing a ton of this game um, uh, earlier this year, uh, there were a couple things where it, it it felt obviously early access like and by what I mean felt like early access like I finished the game once and then they were they were like come back later for like the final boss like we haven't done that yet like there were certain things where you would just like get to it or talk to an NPC and they're like yeah this isn't available yet in this game so like that stuff feels like you you're you're hitting a hard you're getting a hard like this is early access um, so they, they fixed that kind of stuff. They added a lot more bosses, um, to the, the game and they added a true kind of ending game boss and a true, and like more and like actual true story beats versus what they didn't really like have the original time. And then they added like a lot of new minor content. Um, and I guess it's also like this other thing that I can't really, I haven't played enough maybe to understand it, but it seems like you can pick like a big you know, game defining, like like a route run defining, um, uh, uh, passive or something, kind of now to like kind of maybe add even more to like why are you gonna you know pick certain things during a, during a run because you are you know you already started out picking this like big run defining passive in the beginning of the game. Um, but I'm kind of sad that they didn't release a new character, despite how great the characters in that game are. Um, to remind people, uh, uh, I, I this is a side scrolling roguelike. It is uh, one of the kind of like room picking roguelikes where you get to the end of a side scrolling segment and then you pick a room and then the the room that you pick, uh, you know, for the next room is going to be like it's a combat room. Right. And the combat rooms give you a certain reward. They give you uh, uh, keys to open up treasure chests. The, if the, the room could be an exploration room and you get uh, things to modify your abilities. Um, so it's it's that's the, the backdrop. But what makes it really special for me is that. Uh, the combat and movement, I think, are some of the best I've ever played in any video game. I, For me, it works so well. I'm so in love with it. It feels like y- you can just get into like an insane trance state playing this game because you the movement options are insane when you can air dash and then if you hit an enemy you reset your air dash and you can uh quick fall and you can cancel the quick fall with a jump and reset that with it so like you just get i I feel like i get to the point in this game where like i am like insane flow state and one of the other really cool things that almost like adds on to that flow state is that um you can you pick a character at the beginning of the game uh the characters all have different like very unique gameplay styles um but uh you all the characters have access to four spells and every character starts out with the same group of four spells so like there's there's a character that uses guns uh their auto attack is like they they shoot uh so they have like a little bit of range and they're they they start out with like four uh just they they shoot like a bigger bullet like a bigger slower moving bullet and as you play the game you keep getting access to new spells that you slot on a rotation. So, so like, you know, you slot in a spell, and now and now it's, you know, your basic spell, your basic spell, your basic spell, and then on the fourth cast, it's, uh, you know, your new spell, which is you throw grenades. And 
you slowly like you know build up this like almost deck of of four spells and then as that's going you can also modify the spells um to work in different ways to do different things like change their damage type make it so that when they kill an enemy you know uh, little slimes come out and start tracking down enemies and leave like poison in their wake so like it just the the game just feels like an insanely fun to me from like a minute to minute uh, like a second to second kind of like what you're doing in that game uh level and uh there's a lot of like cool unique stuff and i feel like because of how much the game is always throwing at you that like it it's still you know like i don't even really know how many hours in i'm in on this game with all things considered but like i think like you know 30 40 or something like that um and even with that uh uh, I, I still always find like cool, unique things that happen in every run, and there's still like a lot of unlockable stuff that happens afterwards. Um, and like as you're playing the game more, you also uh, unlock more spells that can show up in the game for the characters, so that you can even like get even more diversity of the spells you see. It's just a, fan- a fantastic game, and I can't recommend it enough. I like absolutely love it so much. It it's obviously a fantastic. Now I Steam see I see you as playing it for nine hours. Not to, uh, unless you're playing it on something other than Steam. Yeah, but, that's uh, weird, because I feel like I played it much longer than that, especially in beta. I don't know if it, like, didn't Maybe sync it just uh, makes, that's weird. Makes, the time, makes the time feel long. I don't know. Probably I don't not. know. I felt like I'd played it a lot longer than that. Um, I don't know if there was, like, a, I don't, I don't know why. I felt like I had even seen me have it played a lot longer than that. But uh, uh, it's, it's a fantastic game. I, I only am sad just to say that, like, I think that, as for a 1.0 for like it, it makes it easier to recommend to people but um it's, do you think it's getting snubbed because nobody's talking about it is it snubbed i think it is snubbed it's just like i i, I guess it it's uh, it, it is a very complex game i uh, i think it's one of those games where where even like I, I i hope i maybe explained it okay but even then i think it's like hard to visualize some of the things i'm saying like oh you pick a character for this like you know like some of the more obvious things like oh yeah side scrolling kind of game you're you're picking the the next room that that's going to you know tell you what the challenges are what the rewards are going to be but some of the more like the, the the things that make the game great i think are harder to sell like just the 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 speed at which you're moving like how cool the characters are their animations are like phenomenal this is like a chunkier pixel like a high res pixel game um and but they but they animate so cleanly it looks so good um the characters feel so unique the 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 runs to run to run feels very good what are you clacking away on uh just you know it's technically uh technically i'm on the clock so no you're on the clock um blasting off some messages oh blast that message um, so yeah, I, I think it's a really easy game to recommend, and especially hitting 1.0, it's even more easy to recommend. I really just wish that, like, you know, for me, there was some bigger thing that I could be like, they they unleashed a new character, and this new character came out, and they're really awesome. But I, yeah, I totally think that that game is like super got does not get its due for how good it is. Maybe 1.0ing. I, I I don't know if this is like ever really truly the case in most for the most part, especially since like the 1.0 of it is just like. It's a good 1.0 because they just like cleaned up some of the areas where you just hit a weird, obviously gamey roadblock where the game just like pops up with a message and says like, yeah, we're, we haven't done this yet. So that's like, that's all positive. And like, there was a lot of, you know, balance changes and fixes and all these kind of things and like some, yeah, new, yeah. some new mechanics, but yeah, like there's not, there's not a new sexy thing. It's not like I could say like, oh, they, they, they came out trimmer, you know? Yeah. I mean, so we're not going to segue to that. Uh, 
I, I feel like some games get like the initial burst off of their early access and then they get another burst on their 1.0. But if you don't land the 1.0, it can be kind of hard. So, and I feel like, you know, we'll see where like Soulstone Survivors lands because I, I feel like that's also one that a lot of people aren't talking about just yet, but maybe on that 1.0, it, it hits. But at the same time, like Soulstone Survivors is a. You know, it's like a vampire survivor. Like, it's like, so I'm wondering if by the time 1.0 hits, if people are going to be fatigued on that genre. Mm, maybe not. We'll see. I feel like Vampire Survivors maybe hasn't hit its complete fatigue um, yet. But uh, yeah, I really, I do. I, I feel like a, like a minor champion of this game because I just, I, I love it so much. I, like, it really does, like, it, it is, like, maybe the game the most this year that, like, hit a portion of my brain that is, like, I love the way it looks in motion. I love playing it. I love like that insane hyper mobility. I love how unique every run is. I love like all the different characters. I just love everything about that game. Like I want more of it. I want like even of Astral Ascent. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know, to a lesser extent, I, I do, uh, dig me some, some Soulstone survivors. Uh, but that was another game that also felt like it needed a little bit more baking time. Like I, th- I remember when we talked about it, it was like, it was like there's so many elements. Like it actually plays fantastically, but it just felt like some of the maybe meta progression stuff, and also the worlds kind of were a little bit um, lacking. I think like the exploration and worlds were kind of like a little bit lacking. But uh, you got anything so else? So I know right? you've been you've been trying to force the segues. So I think it's fi- time we finally talk about Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Yeah. Oh, I, I, here's a here's a great segue, and this is exactly how you do it on a podcast. You segue backwards, and that is, uh, what do you think about this new Steam Deck with the OLED, OLED? Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. It uh, it looks so nice, and it has so much more space, and it just makes it. It's it's that general early adopter kind of uh uh like it's just it's a bummer that I, that I was an early adopter, and like now there's I a, mean, a better Steam, Steam Deck. Deck works so great. It works so also. Great. Also, like, I leave my Steam Deck down, like, like sitting for a while, so I wouldn't want an OLED screen for that because I'd be worried about burn-in. Um, I also feel like after the OLED came out, they did some system updates to the Steam Deck that made it better. Like, if you're on the newest uh, Steam OS update, they made those colors pop in there yeah, even more on the base deck, so I feel pretty okay about about my base deck and yeah I, it is it also I like no interest in upgrading as far as like early adopters the other thing i thought was like would i have wanted to wait for a steam deck absolutely fucking not that thing is like worth its weight in gold so, like if anyone is listening to this podcast and you don't have a steam deck buy a fucking steam deck like i don't i don't even know how to explain this like the, well people like that rog ally too. it's it's a thing you know it's a thing that you can hold with you that plays your Steam games. That's pretty cool. Like that's amazing. That's crazy, and it does it well. Like it's insane. It's it's it's. It feels like it's it's fake, but it's real. It's so good. All right. So uh, yeah. Uh, so Tremor is what was added to um, Super Mario. Uh, uh, Whatever. Wonder. We'll talk about Tremor. No. So, no. Tell tell me about tell me about the the rock mask in t- Mario Wonder, the one where he becomes an elephant and throws a, a rock. I mean, that's a pretty fun thing. So I would say that Super Mario Wonder is the best two D Mario game since Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Whoa! I mean, right? that is I mean, that that's is, not that even is that, quite meaningful. Is that even hard? 
Like I, I, I may, maybe there are people out there who really loved all the, the new Super Mario Brothers games. I don't remember. I played a bunch of them. I didn't finish any of them, but I don't do remember not any of do them. Not, do not like them as much as I like some of the main, um, like Odyssey or... I guess. I mean, I, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna forget like playing Super Nintendo Mario and the football man runs at you. The football man does run at you, and that's exciting. And and I think Can you that, become um, the football man. You I, get I football think hat. that. I think that this is the most uh, memorable. Why? Of them all because of the wonder mechanic. Yeah. Of, uh, that that happened. So every you did explain this last stage, podcast that it, that it, like I did. That, yeah, that he he you said he Mario takes drugs. At, in a, Mario in a, takes a drug on each level, and it causes weird shit to happen. Like the enemies will become giant or something. Like the pipes will start to move around. You'll be on a level where like the the whole thing is like oh you're swimming up these uh rain clouds and then you hit the wonder seed and there's like a massive storm now that breaks out this is, this is a stupid question this but, shit's wild but but when you hit the wonder seed is there like a movie style drug haze that happens yes. and then oh wow yeah. okay all right because that's exactly how i pictured it in my mind was that you like hit the wonder seed the game gets kind of like hazy and then like something that was normal in the level becomes different where like you explained like the enemies get bigger like something something exactly. that wasn't moving is moving now is like is and then and then yeah. and then and then i guess like even more appropriate for drugs is like you, you're suddenly like bro the the pipes are moving dude do you look at look at that and then they're like no bro those were those are pipes they're just staying in the same spot and you're like no look closer bro they're moving and now that i've played the game a little bit more the other thing that i've been really digging is the game's got good secrets like the game has alternate stage exits that open new parts of the uh, overworld map that can send you to different areas. And I love that kind of stuff. And they're pretty well hidden so far. Like there have been some pretty neat secrets, but the secrets don't hit as hard when the internet is available, you know? Oh yeah. And, and you, and like YouTube and Google want to spoil shit for you so bad. Oh like, my they'll god! They'll go out of their way to try to spoil shit for you. I think I, I feel like we haven't talked about this on the the podcast, but like the the this is a, a common topic among our friend group, and that is that when you go on YouTube, uh, we're we're so post spoilery that when something happens, you know, like the new season of Stranger Things comes out, and then it's just like. I can't believe that Eleven is is like Eleven's uh, knighting ceremony when she becomes the president of the world, and it's like what? That's the, I, the way you just said that, uh, you know, or like character deaths, like you go on YouTube and especially because of the way algorithms work, they figure out that you like something. You searched one thing. God forbid you searched one thing of like, oh, I want to know what happened. Like, uh, can, can someone explain this one part of from to me? And then, you know, like the next thing is like, like, you won't believe like, like the, the thing that explains why the from character turned into a Python. Like what? There's and, and there's all this other stuff like another thing is I recently had uh, Scott Pilgrim that takes off like spoiled in a couple of different ways. Th and, and it's through like channels that that like m maybe I shouldn't even consider spoilers, but to find out like someone is like, I'm so stoked to be in this playing this character. And it's like, OK, well, now I know that this character is in it. I, and yeah, and it and it. Also, knowing that Scott Pilgrim takes off 
could have spoilers is inherently a spoiler in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's an indicator of, well, well, I guess that means that they're doing something different with it. I think, uh, and, 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 like, which and, they are. And not to like, uh, like I always like mentioning this, and not to to do the segue, but like there is, like there there are things that are ruined for me and like make me lose interest. And like one of the big things was Invincible. It's like I, I like I know that I've heard so much so many good things about the second season of Invincible, but I can tell you like a lot of major story beats in Invincible, or like even like like quotable you know lines of it that have made their way into pop culture. Um, even though they, I feel like probably should have been kind of cooler moments or like more shocking moments. If you were watching it, you know, without having that knowledge, it's kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like that, uh, like I am your father kind of thing where, where it, it's impossible to go into star Wars without knowing that. And now you just, you just can't have that again. You can't have that surprise with a lot of things if something has like if something has a good enough twist in 2023 then like sure as shit you will see it on youtube so the other thing that i didn't get to mention is that super mario brothers wonder is a strand type game whoa i don't even i i I mean i i feel like i know what a strand type game is but uh so so now can can I just real quick try and piece together what you could possibly mean by that? And sure, it, yeah. I think a strand game, if I'm using this correctly, is a game where you can affect other players in this like weird way, but maybe maybe by like helping them out or something. That's right. Okay, well I, I nailed it on the head. Yeah. So the game has <laughs> this is online... a real genre? I guess it is. The game has online where you can see other people playing the game and like doing jumps and like missing jumps and shit oh, like shit. that. Oh shit, hold on. Was Dark Souls the first strand game? Is Demon Souls Demon Souls was the first strand game? Possibly, yeah. How was it not? Demon Souls first of all has death echoes. Demon Souls yeah. was has um helping other players out with messages or telling them um you know big chest ahead or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a thread on Reddit that says the Soul series are the are the first real strand type games. They are. So so yeah, people people do agree with you. Uh, but in I got this there. Game, I got there. There are like puzzles and hidden things, and you could like, if someone is trying to figure something out, you could like wiggle a little bit and like show them the jump uh, to help them, or show them where like oh there's hidden blocks. Do you, over here. Um, is it like uh, death echoes or kind of do you, do you just see people appear and then. Or is it like um, the the way that you sometimes see ghosts of other players who are at the same no. part of the game as you? No, they're just like in the map with you. Like you can like follow them the whole way. Oh. They're not like fading in and out. Okay. But they're Weird. like constantly loading in and like they're constantly like if people are beating the levels, new people are coming in. Okay, so like so as you're playing your the level, there are randos that are appearing and moving throughout the level free of what you're doing. That's right. Um, what do they look like? Like ghosts. Like, but well, like, you just said that they didn't character. look like ghosts. There's like shadows. Like, are they all they, they Mario? Look, like trans transparent? No, the game has eight playable characters. You could play as Mario, Luigi, uh, Peach, Daisy. You could play as Yoshi. You could play as Nabbit, like a Raymond character oh, yeah, or some I don't shit even know like what that. That could possibly be. Um, this is this game actually it's a bummer that you can't just create a character because this would be kind of a cool thing to like even if you yourself are playing as Mario or everyone's favorite character Nabbit 
uh, it would be cool if two other players you appeared like some sort of create a avatar. But uh, it's Nintendo. Everyone would have a dick on their face. You could play right, as so. Toadette. Yeah. Oh. So there huh. you go. Say less, right? You play as Toadette. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that you could do is you can leave down uh, signposts. And these are collectible items. Uh, so you could get like a rare Mario. A rare Mario signpost that is Mario is a Goomba. Uh, but essentially like you uh, Mario's place Italian. It... He already is a Goomba. <laughs> Slam. Bazinga. You, so you just place down a signpost and you can use it sort of just like to indicate something like, hey, there's something here. But people can also activate your signpost. And uh, if they die, uh, you turn into like a little baby, like a little baby ghost. And then you can like fly around for five seconds. And if you touch another player or a signpost, you are rezzed. That's cool. That's um, I uh, just said I was doing ACLS the whole week. And that's actually weirdly enough what happens in real life. So they got that one right. Cool. Uh, so that's all I have on Super Mario Wonder. Uh, let's talk about Mortal Kombat, which for some reason you're really excited to well, I mean, talk about I mean, Mortal Kombat. I mean, we've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat. It's hard not to be excited about Mortal Kombat sometimes. Wow, th that's maybe I, the first time you've ever said that. What do you mean? That's not I my my take on Mortal Kombat. I don't think is surprising. I've been we've been enjoying. I've been enjoying it a great amount. But generally, you're not a Mortal Kombat enjoyer. I, I mean, I'm not you another enjoy Mortal Kombat one, but you're not a Mortal. I like you scoffed at Mortal Kombat Eleven. Sure. I, I mean, I, I am not a uh, traditionally huge Nether Realms fan, and I think I I'm not one because of stuff like guest characters. Like, and usually they do a worse job with it. I think that now the I was just watching a MK Tom Brady uh, video on my way home from work, um, and he's usually super negative about. How do you that watch game. something on the way home from work? I just I mostly just listen to it, but also it's actually really easy to watch YouTube videos. The, here's the real answer: uh, when you are sitting in two hours of traffic. Yeah, um, Long Island sucks. Uh, it because my uh, uh, like I you know on like like uh, here's here's a horrible dark secret. On the way home from work, I do my dailies for for uh, DK and everything because I actually it's that slow. Like I actually have time to do dailies and get everything done. But uh, that's that's. Do you have uh, like a phone holder, or do you just like have it sitting? No, I just in your I lap? just hold it. I just hold it, and then I like, and then if there's something, just get a phone holster. Oh, like it could be holster. like ever so I used to have a phone safer. holster. I used to have a phone holster, and then I, I got it stuck in a knee to the leg, an, an arrow to the knee. Um, wow, that's very funny. We're on a video game podcast. The bar is set so low. Um, uh, yeah, this is a this is a good Mortal Kombat. Um, the, uh, and we've been talking a lot about it and enjoying it. Uh, Omni Man. Uh, so anyway, I, with the the thing I was thinking before, I was talking about before, is that MK Tom Brady was talking about. Um, you know, he even brought mentioned that. Uh, uh, him as a longtime NetherRealms fan and pro gamer um, uh, says that, uh, you know, NetherRealms is like infamous for releasing guest characters that are just broken out the gate, just like way too strong, just just by the numbers better than every single other character. Um, so yeah, he really like released a video of like you know his Omni Man broken, and uh, it was for him who is a very negative person. He was like, no, absolutely not. Like I mean, like the end kind of conclusion was like, no, he's pretty much on par for a lot of the other mechanics that are in the game, and like you know damage wise and kit wise is like not so surprising outside of what um, the rest of the cast does. Uh, if anything, he was kind of like disappointed to say that um, that overall a problem in the game right now is. Uh, cameo balance. I, I don't fully uh, like. I I 
he is a better player, obviously. Um, I don't fully agree with him because I feel like there are a lot of like rumblings here and there of like, oh, you know, like everyone uses Kung Lao, but like now a lot of people are also mixing up with Striker and like there's still characters that want to use Goro. There's still like, you know, other characters that are doing different things. Um, I, I, I do still feel like that is something I wish was a little bit better balanced. And I, and I, and another thing that I would say uh, is, is kind of disappointing is that they haven't done much in the way of balance. There was a, uh, kind of like Cyrax hot fixie kind of thing that came out where they just uh, changed. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, right? Cy- Cyrax like, I, and and I think cameo balance is maybe one of the most important aspects of the game, really, because as we were explained before, this is like a one point five character game. Um, you play as a main character, and then there's a roster of cameos that do an assist. Uh, that run out and you, do an you, assist. You know what's funny is that I'm actually a um, a scorpion cameo main. You are a scorpion. You are you are not even a main. You you aren't like uh, anything main, but you are a scorpion cameo. The any the cl- thing you are closest to main to is is scorpion cameo. And if I'm probably if I was a main of anything, it'd probably be like sector or something. But um, uh, uh, yeah, like it's a 1.5 game where you have an assist. You have a dedicated assist, and the assist isn't. Um, playable roster characters. And we've always talked about, I've always thought that that was really exciting as a concept. I don't think there's any fighting game that's done that. Fighting games have had assist characters, but they haven't had this, like, soul assist thing. Um, and, and it's especially interesting because when Omni-Man came out, that's just Omni-Man. If, if you don't want to play Omni-Man, it's not going to do anything for you. Um, but whether or not you want to fight Omni-Man, like, that's out of your hands. Like, you're going to have to fight Omni-Man. But a, a, a cameo is a whole different ballgame because that, that means that every single person playing the game just got a new thing. And the new thing was Tremor. And we were talking last week about, like, he was kind of going to come out soon. Um, his big kind of gameplay mechanic versus some of the other cameos is that he could switch between three different stances, just like in Mortal Kombat 11, I guess, and Mortal Kombat 11, I said that weird, um, where he could be in three different stances that kind of had different gameplay styles. Um, and this can- and then uh, we were talking about whether or not, you know, he would pick it beforehand, pick it during. And the answer is you actually can switch it during. And it's even kind of cooler where um, you can... Uh, make any of his assists come out as like an as like that quick what is it the word assault sure yeah what is i forget the word for or like for the word for ambush maybe it's ambush ambush Uh, um an ambush assist where you can make any of his abilities come out as an ambush but it will use the entire meter he's he's easily the most like diverse move set in the game but is going to take i think not only a very long time for people to get comfortable with him but um i i think we are and this is a good thing, um, finding that he is not like a, oh, you know, he just works everywhere. Um, uh, he's so good that every single character just plays him. And he's he's also, thankfully, not just like busted in a dumb way where you just, yeah, you know, go to... Yeah, he's kind of like a, a jack of all trades, Master right? of none, where he's going to like give add a lot of things to your play style. And I think more... I think the other thing with him is that he is so complicated, he is so com- hard to use. Right? He is so complicated, and like Mortal Kombat players, you know, God bless them, they are are just not the smartest of the fighting game bunch. And I, I, I do not imagine most. What, regardless of Tremor, even if Tremor ends up being uh, one of the best ca- cameos when things shake out, and you know, it's currently not looking like that at all. Um, uh, even if he were, most people would not want to play that character at all. People don't even want to play Kenshi. I don't even think he's like a hard. As far as negative edge puppet characters go, he is not hard. And I feel like that is a character that like does not get a lot of like people playing him. Um, he's extremely hard 
to play, you have to like call out an assist to switch its stance. Then it goes away. Then you choose, you know, like multiple options from that stance. So you have to be like, and then especially if you're going to start using things as an ambush, because there's like there, we're starting to see the people who are using this character well are using him him as like an ambush for like pretty much like almost unblockables. Um, mm. uh, here's a, like a really good crazy. Uh, hard to blockable, which is like the word they use, but like so hard that I just can't imagine people actually blocking it. Is that you do Sub Zero, which is like Tremor's best friend so far, Sub Zero and, and Scorpion, um, for 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 an actually glitched reason, I think. Oh but, yeah, uh, we don't have to get too but, into um, it, but it's weird. Uh, uh, Sub Zero ha- is one. Of, he is probably the one of the most agreed upon worst characters in the game, and uh, one of the best ways you can actually get damage even though sub-zero's damage is so low is with this 50 50 where he like swings overhead with these big uh does big overhead a slow overhead attack and then if he gets hits you you can launch you in the air um but with with uh with tremor if you cameo him from when he's in and like this is good i i know this is going to sound like insane for someone and this is exactly the goal is that you put him into the third stance which is crystalline stance cameo him to come out into aftershock stance hit aftershock back to ambush it on the in the in between the two hits of his double overhead and why and while that happens it's low over it's it's overhead low overhead if done correctly and it is would be very hard extremely hard to actually time blocking it um uses all the meter but a uh, pretty crazy kind of thing. But I, I mean, I just say this because that's the depths of this character. Like as far as cameos go, I, I feel like Tremor would add a crazy amount to people's games, but is way, way less than the other, like the other characters. The character that is like obviously hurting the game's balance right now is Kung Lao cameo. Um, Boring. And, and Kung Lao car- cameo is only being used for one single thing, and that is you are using it for low hat. Uh, it's just a low hitting projectile that you can time where it when it hits. Um, so you can think about the insane use of this. You get a knockdown, you set it up, you go for like an overhead or a throw or something, and then as that go that uh, happens, you unleash the the assist button. The hat flies the uh, down on the ground and hits low, and it can either make you know a hard to block, or it can make something that you did unsafe into it being safe. So a lot of other cameos are used for like maybe like one good thing that they're doing, and I think that Tremor is going to be a character that you're going to have to kind of like main a little bit. You're going to have to really be comfortable with the whole kit and find a lot of different setups for him. And I think that like eventually down the line, people will be rewarded for that. But right now, you know, he's not a set it and forget it character. He's a really cool. Yeah, cool addition I'm not. To him. I'm not. I'm not too crazy about about uh, the idea of getting into Tremor just because like. For me, I like the ambush assists. I like the idea of like specializing, uh, kind of in the in the characters like um, like like the, I guess like leaning into the biggest benefits of the characters and like I, I feel like I don't need a character who's adding like nine moves. Yeah. And I get the idea of like, well, you you use him like each character benefits a little bit from him. Then in that case, I'll just you know, I've I've got my my scorpion. He's got his overhead. It comes in quick. I, I, he's got his combo extender. He's he's got an armored reversal. Mm-hmm. I'll stick with I'll skip with I'll stick with the scorpion. You know. 
Yeah, I'm That's really. I, I, alternatively, I'm having a blast. Actually, I really uh, like. I'm. Is there a way that I can make this stupider or like rock slide pun? Um, I'm having a good time with Tremor, and I'm kind of. You're almost, getting your rocks off. I'm getting my. Oh, there. Oh my God, you found it. Someone had to find it, but you found it. Um, the the. Uh, I'm almost forced into it because two characters I play. This is like the weirdest shit, and it's just so on brand. Um, but we were ta- we kind of alluded to before is that there's this insanely weird thing where one of Tremor's moves works better for Scorpion and Sub Zero. I, I inexplicably, totally inexplicably, but both those those characters are like low tier if not the worst characters in the like i've actually heard more thoughts now that scorpion is actually the worst and for a while i was you know sub-zero with a bullet is the worst because he but then does... people found that people have been finding the spice with sub-zero it's not exactly um uh, uh i watch a lot of sub-zero stuff and i watch a lot of mk tom brady and like i said he's he can be very <laughs> negative but for a lot of the tech that sub-zero comes out when i do see the tech it ends up being like somewhat unrealistic and too hard to pull off compared to a lot of other characters. That's not to say that there isn't anything, but it is to say that number the big problems of Sub-Zero are, A, he does the least damage of any character in the cast. That's, like, pretty much indebatable. And uh, because of that, damage in fighting games just matters because that's going to be... the Because he does so little damage and he doesn't... He, he really lacks a way to increase his damage using meter. He, he uses meter worse than almost anyone in the cast because the way he can he can increase the the uh, 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 make a combo go longer just scales combos really really hard um maybe one of the most unhealthy things about the character and this is like I think this is actually kind of interesting maybe you'll find this interesting is that he has a move I forget the name of it because it's because it sounds like vicious vapors but I think it's like something vapors something uh, water vapors um it it uh track freezes anywhere on screen sounds insane um i'm sure you've seen me do it he does it like he does this kind of slow wind up and then wherever an enemy is they got kind of frozen but it's it, it doesn't freeze them unless they've been like they've been like hit by like icicly things earlier in the combo um but it doesn't do any damage but it does scale as a hit and it has a lot of scaling so a lot of his best combos you need to um, use this move, and then you're going to get, like, way worse scaling down the line. So he has really poor meter usage um, compared to, like, another character, which, like, you know, Scorpion, obviously not a great character. Um, people are, like, I think the game is overall balanced. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that, like, you cannot win with Scorpion. I think he's generally totally fine and just needs, like, these minor, minor tweaks to make him better. But Scorpion... Uh, comparatively, like, he has great cam. Like, a lot of the, the, the characters that are good in this game, even characters that are bad in this game, if you have EX, usually the the way that this game is balanced, it feels like to me that you sh- most characters have an EX move that can continue a combo for, you know, a couple more hits. And, like, something, you know, like an example would be a Scorpion that I play where you're, you're doing an air combo, you knock someone away, you do EX hook, you hook them back to you, and then you do another combo, you hit them away, you do EX hook, and then that way you can just keep tacking on a little bit more damage if you have some, some meter. And then the choice you're making in the game is, do I want to use meter for a reversal? Do I want to use it for zoning? Do I want to extend a combo with it? And that's, you know, those are good choices those are things you should be making the choice for but with um uh sub-zero he really doesn't have good ways to extend um uh uh his damage and a lot of times when he is trying to extend his damage he actually scales the combo so like i I, i've seen like 
you know, 50 hit Sub-Zero combos that do, like, 300 damage because they early on have to use the vapors where they've done it a couple times and they just scale the combo to shit and it just doesn't do anything um uh and when i do find out tech a lot of the stuff like like i i saw uh there was this like uh video circulating that said oh you know sub-zero players are lazy they haven't seen like good combo routes and there was like a combo that showed him doing like 450 damage so and that's true that's good damage um and the combo starts off in the corner with all meter, with all assist, and with a, like, over, uh, starting with back to the, like, negative on block overhead. So, like, you know, perfect situation with all your assist meter. You Somehow you've got them exactly backed into the corner. You have three, you have all your bars of meter. You have your entire assist, assist meter. And you manage to start with your, like, big combo starting unsafe o- overhead like yeah of course like yeah, yeah he, he can do a little bit of damage if you do that and have like you know cyrax and like you you don't do also like extra stuff. yeah so he, he he's he's struggling um uh, whatever I, w- I i really would want just like i want a patch i want like and i'm not asking for a lot i'm i'm, I'm asking for like minor things but boring um you know, you know what you know what else is boring um invasions Invasions. Oh, yeah, right. Mortal Kombat One. Yeah. We're still we're still I, on this Mortal Kombat I, One. Yeah, I invasions mean, are boring. I mean, I want to. I I because I, I just want to say real quick that that um I already thought that mode wasn't the best, and we 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 had talked a little bit comparing it to Crypt and uh, invasions are kind of the main way that you as a if you're, if you're gonna play like you know like it, it's it's the PVE grind in that game. Um, and in the past, Mortal Kombat has had really cool modes like the Crypt, where that's where you're unlocking your your uh, customizable stuff. And in this game, you just have invasions, and and kind of the way it works is you're moving around this map, and you're you're on these nodes where you like have to fight you know enemies, and sometimes there'll be like a secret thing of like oh there's um while you're fighting the enemy there's like little explosions on the ground, so move around for that. So like there's usually these little things, but more often than not, some of this stuff is like this really boring. Um, kind of stupid like the enemy has super armor kind of thing um that's kind of dumb but the main reason why i'm kind of mentioning it is that the way it looks like that you know pve and like single player unlocks and like unlocking some of the costumes or or colors is going to work in the game going forward is kind of upsetting and that's that when the new season starts, it, it it resets the invasions, and then you play invasions again, and you do all these kind of like tedious, boring um, uh, PVE fights against like the AI that's like kind of just cheating, and that is not good. Um, I think that like I would have been way happier with just something like Crypt, where you are grinding it out, unlocking everything, and it's good. But the this kind of like I think a lot of people are really upset and worried about the future of like the game for the more casual player and for and for me because like I was excited about the new the new um, the season of blood as it's called because um, like they drop a couple new skins for characters that you can be that can be obtained for free which is really cool and very rare in this industry and um, uh, and drop tons of new like customizable stuff equipment colors and skins for all the other characters. And just seeing that the, one of the main ways that you unlock all that is that, like, you go back in and grind the shit out in this, like, kind of annoying mode where, like, the CPU cheats is, like, that's not great. That's not something that I, like, I want to always be doing through the, like, every month or so when, when the season's reset. And, like, new col- new colors or new customizable stuff comes out. Um, but that's a lot of uh, uh, MK. 
Too much MK. Take me away. What what else have you got? Um, not much. I mean, you know, there's Marvel Snap, but that's not uh, that interesting. Are there any? What, what I'm curious is, uh, you know, sometimes I like to um, save games uh, for like um, the holiday season. I don't know. I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I like to uh, save games or revisit games. I know that, um, you know, once it starts getting colder, once the holidays roll around, uh, Alyssa and I are going to pick up Stardew Valley again. Oh, yeah. Because we we had so much fun playing that earlier this year. Um, And I'm curious, are there any games uh, that you've been saving or that you've been looking forward to uh, that you haven't gotten around to playing yet? Um, there's a couple things on my wish list I think I was thinking about, and like Lies of P was was kind of one of them. But I think I, I, I've kind of, I, 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 if I don't get back into Baldur's Gate, I kind of want to try out Cyberpunk. Um, uh, oh, it's so Liberty. good. I actually just finished Phantom Liberty, and I, I was kind of blown away by the ending of Phantom Liberty. Uh, it did have a really incredible ending. Uh, but then I realized, I thought like there must have been a lot of different ways that it could have unfolded. And there are uh, four primary endings to Phantom Liberty uh, that also impact the end of the base game, which I haven't gotten to, but I'm quickly approaching. Uh, you know, with like uh, PAX Unplugged is coming up later this week. Um, and I'm going to be out of out of town for like over a week as, as a result of it. So... Whenever these big trips happen, I, I always feel like I have to sort of like uh, put my pencils down and sort of like rush through the games I'm currently playing. Uh, so the last time I went to New York, I love I, that you do that. I, I, I rushed I through I Baldur's that. Gate. And now because I, I feel like if I leave a game at 90 percent and then I step away from it yeah, for over gonna, a week, I'm just that. never going to finish it. And 2023 was a game of was a year of finishing games for me. I finished a lot of big games this year. You know, I, I finished, um, just to name the biggest ones, I mean, I finished Zelda. I finished Baldur's Gate. I Those know. are big, big games. Big, big games. Uh, so I, and I finished Starfield, actually. I did roll credits on Starfield. Yeah, wow. I mean, I, I wish I could be that... like you. I'm just trying to finish my class. I mean, that's my big, big thing. So, like, whatever I can play on the side. I, I, my, I do... My, my current game of shame is uh, Armored Core Six. That's the one that I really want to get back to. Uh, I'm I'm over. I I, I I still give myself so much shit. Um. Uh. I like I don't I don't want to shame myself. I think that games do exist as like they they are a fun medium. They are you know meant to be more of a relaxer like time like uh, like time waster kind of fun thing. And if you're if like that's why I think especially right now I'm like not jet really um gravitating towards games that are more like challenging especially emotionally when it's just like i just want to like do something i just want to like get into mk like you know uh you know play something play like a fighting game play like valorant or something play some of my uh comfort picks kind of um but but i but i do hope that i finish lies of p i do hope that i maybe get into or finish uh, uh cyberpunk because it's I, I from everything i've heard i feel like it's a video game now and that's that's pretty cool. And I think that especially compared to like cyberpunk, it is so, the the moment to moment is so yeah, good. I, it I think is that, such an that, incredible feeling. And in I think that game. that is going to be a big thing is like maybe I can get on board with like a complex narrative video game right now if the moment to moment is there, because uh, Baldur's Gate is incredible. And like I, I 
just see and like I want to play more of it, but also like you know, I I think that the headspace for Baldur's Gate is something where it's like you've got I, I really want to approach it when it's like you have free time, right? Like I, I, at least for me, I think when when I when I feel like I'm playing something that is like so dense and so interesting and so well and finely crafted um it's like i want to like carve out time for it where there's nothing else on my mind and and it's hard to even find that time right but but it's like it's almost Baldur's gate is like this very good like i woke up on a saturday morning i've got nothing to do like you know I, i i finished what i need to I am not at work or school or anything and I've got nothing to worry about. And like, I know that I'm not going anywhere for a bit and I get like my coffee out and like, I can really like, you know, give it its due because otherwise like it, it is not like a, a moment to moment fast moving game uh, and, and like not nor t- should it be, nor does it would want to be. Um, it's like a meteor. Yeah, but like, I do. Sacred... I love that combat though. In no, the combat, is, the combat is very good. And, uh, and like, I, I, like this is, th- th- again, like, this is nothing about... I, I couldn't even, like... I, I would have a hard time saying a single bad thing about Baldur's Gate. If anything, like, the big problem with Baldur's Gate at this point for me is that the ending of the... Like, it felt like an arc where the ending of this first, like, the goblin camp and the druid camp and everything that ha- happened and then people partying at your camp and everything and all the insane amount of dialogue and everything that happened after that to me it almost was like finishing an anime arc where it's like okay i'm done like i i you know mostly I'm, it, i feel it, pretty it good definitely uh, at the very least you got to a part where like you closed a chapter and you can reopen this game and not feel like, oh, well, I need to catch myself back up on what's been going on. Because there are like a lot of threads that like are set aside after you finish that first part. So I feel like if you did want to revisit it, you're not going to be so lost. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I don't know. I don't know how to explain like the ways that, that the game. Like, I, you know, it's a, it's like a show and tell kind of thing where. Um, I think a lot of other games would, uh, I think like 99.9%, I don't even know another game that does this as well as this, but um, uh, for the most part, you, in any other game, you finish, you, you do the goblin thing, um, you either, you know, side with one of the cam- the goblin camp or the druid camp, um, that all ends up and shakes out, and then you get like a little bit of dialogue, and then you keep a pushing. And then you go on, and then maybe if you went back, like, you know, all the druids would be dead or all the goblins would be dead or something. Maybe there would be, like, a line of dialogue about it. It doesn't matter. Um, But you kind of keep it pushing, and you move on towards that main storyline quest. And for Baldur's Gate, the ways that they show don't tell what you did, how it had an impact on things, is, like, insane. Like, like all the characters, all these incidental characters have dialogue for it. You're having conversations with them. Like, like for me, it was, like, the druids, like, like, oh, you, you long rest, and, and like, the the, the camp of, like, the tieflings are there, and everyone is, like, hanging out and partying. They're talking about what happened. They're, like, you looked, like, like, I, like, you were, I saw you back there fighting. Like, I want to tell stories about you. Um, uh, mentioning things that happened, uh, like, oh, you, you found this thing. Like, that's cool. You found this poetry on this dwarf body like that's interesting um like all these kind of stuff coming back um uh like new romances in the party flourish like you know like the, your relationships with party members are moving forward like all these things are happening and it feels like 
you know, like something happened and it had a big impact on the world and other people's lives in a way that I think other games like really fail to do it. Especially when you playing Baldur's Gate, it's something that like I didn't realize other games do such a poor job with. Yes, I agree with that. Co-signed. Yeah, it's like because I, I, I know I want to play Cyberpunk, but I'm sure you're not going to have those things where it's like you finish this arc and then it just feels like the world has changed. Like it just feels like all the characters are talking about the thing that happened, and you feel like you know. Like, like something really happened and it makes sense and like the characters are like kind of um, talking about it in a way that it feels real, you know, that it's not just yeah, like... Yeah, I think that it's more like that old style of like Bioware where you like, first off, I mean, you don't have like party members in Cyberpunk, you have yeah. like contacts. So Pan, Pan Am. You, yeah, so you go on like the Pan Am storyline or you go on the Rogue storyline. Oh, story I go line. on the Pan Am storyline. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, but then, you know, you do Pan Am storyline, and Pan. then afterwards, she's not really integrated with the world until the end of the game. So yeah. it's this kind of thing of like you're going on these side quests, and you're like collecting chips that you cash in at the end of the game for like an interaction that happens, you know, in the final chapter. Yeah. Except for like the core. You know, there are these core big moments that uh, have wild impact, but I feel like they're few and far between. Yeah. But I do feel like in um, in Phantom Liberty specifically, you get more of them or rather it's more dense with those decisions than the base game was. Yeah. Um, and and part it, of that it, it almost feels like a lot of ways a tighter story, you know? Yeah. It almost feels like a lot of ways that those that in the past that RPGs more feel like. Uh, you know, you do the thing, and then the character's like, well, I'm done for now, and they kind of, like, cease to exist until they're useful again, you know? Whereas, like, I think Baldur's Gate does a much better job with, like, um, these are, like, tieflings, they're, like, kind of outcasts, they're, they're like, asylees, they're, they're searching for, like, a safe land, and, like, they're in this, like, rock and a hard place situation, and you really, like, can help them or hurt them, and, like, that there's individual characters that are aspects of that, and, like, um, it's it's done so well. Um, another game that I'm excited to play uh, is I'm kind of always on the lookout for like a cozy game. And I feel like we all know what a cozy game is, but a cozy game is also different to different people. So Path of Exile for me is like a, a cozy game. Uh, you know, Borderlands was a cozy game for me. Just oh, wow. kind of kick back and kind of. You know, just grind. Like, I yeah, find grinding I, to be, like, I, very cozy. I feel like I, I agree with you, and I really wanted that. And almost, like, not to... It doesn't need to be the whole conversation, but, like, I feel like Diablo, again, kind of... I like Diablo, but it's not... But the game that I'm looking forward to, actually, is... I do. And, I do and, like it. Uh, like, I, I... I There there was a Diablo update that we haven't really mentioned, um, uh, and... It was pretty good, yeah. It was, it was uh, pretty the good. The Season of Blood... Yeah, we're in. Which, we're, which wait, hold on. Are we cool in the mechanics. season of blood? Are we in the season of blood in Mortal Kombat and Diablo? Yes. Okay. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. There's a new. There's a new seasonal update. Um, which uh, is old at this point. They're getting is, to the. They're almost going to the new one soon. Um, and the seasonal mechanic was better than the first mechanic, which was to say it actually existed, um, and made more sense and did uh, you know valuably add to your character, um, but. Where you're I, collecting these like vampire powers that are going into like, you're you're essentially like using uh, gear imprints to activate new passives 
that are kind of like meaningfully changing yeah. your build. Yeah, so 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 that's a positive thing. And I think overall, like I heard such insane things from like probably Game Rant or something stupid where they they does this Diablo patch fix everything? Um, and I think like even after the changes, they they changed some of that moment to moment. Uh, they they made the game much more rewarding to play from a second to second kind of thing where you're getting more drops, you're getting more of the interesting drops. Um, you're leveling up quicker. There's a little bit more enemy density. Um, you're doing like everything just feels paced a little bit better, and that is an improvement. But playing it again with some of these minor um, with these like minor tweaks. I can't help but also now think that, like, even though Diablo is, like, slightly better, that it might be, like, irrevocably, like, unequivocally broken for me, um, where I I don't think, no matter how much I want to like it from, like, how good it looks and how that moment-to-moment is so good, um, uh, that it's, it's never going to be good. Um, I, I really, I, I, I watched, uh, I, I think, I forget if I talked about it, but there was a, uh, a, a very long and well thought out uh, video essay that compared, and if you Google this, I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, uh, if you, you Do your this, own research. Because um, I can't think of the, the person who, who, who did this uh, video essay, but compared it to a, a caramel onion. And I don't think, I, I think that's so beautiful and apt where even at its, even with these changes, Diablo is this game where like, booting it up after the changes it's like this feels great this looks great the individual like moment to moment feels great the the blizzard had like nailed that old school blizzard style of, like they got that that the, the impact of spells feels great you know like every the animations look fantastic everything is very like dripping in style like you know like it's so good i like you know i can't see where they go wrong but then there's so many problems at the core of the game that like the more time you play the more it it becomes apparent that like they're kind of like huger issues to deal with and i still cannot get over the fact that like the talent tree is a talent road and you're being told which things to pick and i think especially because you can just respect so easily that by you know 30 by like 20 hours in with a character um you've probably seen everything and like nothing that new is going to come to it and like the paragon thing is much it's very boring at the end of the game i think like most of the the the, the stuff feels like very rushed inside of that where when you compare it to a game like path of exile where it kind of feels endless in a lot of ways of like you know there's pretty much endless character customization and when you even go back to something like diablo it's not endless but it certainly feels like you can just play tons of hours and up until the very last like level you're still getting new cool things that are modifying abilities that make things feel different i just don't feel like anything has made that game feel different um as i'm playing it usually i just like find a build and then try out the 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 three or four different builds that a class will actually allow and then once i'm done with that i'm like well you know i got a new drop that makes it so now i can go to bleed build on my barbarian but like i don't know like i guess i could do that but i like already spent the last 10 hours playing bleed build or something it's like you know like it's it's just it's 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 such a uninspiring character customization and like skill tree well, I expect you to play uh, Path of Exile 2 when that comes out then. I know, which is going to be on gonna, the opposite I played like end. 400 hours of Path of Exile. Path of Exile 2 is going to be a, a different game, that one, it looks like, so far. That one I can... Uh, let me let me like attest to this, because you, 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 you dug it up. and uh, I got the receipts. You crimed me. I've got the receipts. 
game by playtime is 457 four, 457 hours of Path of Exile. Now, <laughs> 750 hours of Guilty Gear Strive. That's crazy. Holy shit. This podcast can't be about the amount of time I played games. Whoa, Street Fighter 6, 200 hours. So, the cozy game that I am looking forward to, though, is um, My Time at Sandrock. Uh, not, I don't I, think I've heard this. So, have you heard of My Time at Portia? I f- yes, I think I had, and I think it was wasn't it a Switch game, and it's like a, a a slice of life kind of simulator of like. So it it is, but it's not a Switch game. It was originally uh, on PC, and my time at Sandrock is kind of like uh, the Assassin's Creed two of the my time at Portia. Sure. Where it yeah. seems I, like it's I just like I did see a, this exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it is just like this absolute iteration on it, but. I am slightly like I'm I'm always excited to have a game that like says that it could be very big and long and I get into these games and I never finish them but I kind of think that that's okay because I feel like when I'm entering into these massive games I at least feel like I'm constantly seeing new things so like the time to beat on Sandrock is people are saying like this is a, a 70 hour main story with like 400 hours of bullshit afterwards that you could do and it's like for a game that is like this kind of style where it's literally just like yeah you you go in and you like build a thing and you hit rocks and you go down different talent trees for combat and and farming and mining and and crafting and all of that and 21 romance options like I could get down on all that. Like that that all sounds kind of good. And like aesthetically I think that it's a little weaker than something like Stardew Valley. Oh but yeah, there most is, definitely. But there is something about the typeface of this game that reminds me of Dark Cloud 2 in a way that I can't avoid. Oh wow. It's it, it it's it's hitting that that the James part of deep lizard brain. Right? It's the typefaces. It's the way that, like, they have, like, this menu of crafting that looks like it is pulled right out of Dark Cloud. So I just have to play it. And it was, like, it was on sale during the Steam sale for, like, 20% off. And I was Yeah, it's not I was the best-looking game, but it, but it still it has a little bit of... I, I was thinking to myself, like, even though I'm not going to play this right away, I feel like I should get it on the 20% off sale because I, I feel like I will eventually play it. And that might be true. This is probably going to be like my um, my holiday game. And apparently it, it, it works pretty well on Steam Deck. I wonder what my holiday game will be. It's just Cyberpunk. Maybe. Uh, yeah. That would be a good one. Um, Did you Do you own Phantom Liberty? Did you grab uh, anything? Like, oh, you grabbed it. I believe I did actually. I forget. Maybe I maybe I didn't actually. Maybe I just got Cyberpunk on sale. You missed nope. the you missed the Steam sale, or you did not did not get Stamp Phantom Liberty. All right, well, that's a good one. I'll be I'll be uh, interested to hear your take. Idris Elba looking so good. True. Um. I was playing Honkai, and I actually almost like playing, like mentioning Honkai now because they're so insane and they lo- have lost their goddamn mind all the time. Um, where they like make these fully fleshed out bizarre modes that I I feel like every time we do a podcast, I'm like, well, now in Honkai, I'm running a museum, and like that's the thing I've been doing this month. So this month, you are 
uh, the, the, what happened in the storyline is that uh, uh, we are in this. We were we were in a spooky month, um, but uh, we're we're almost ending a non-spooky month now. Actually, we're really close to ending a non-spooky month. But um, uh, all these things that are these heliobus heliobi. Are, were were released into the world and they kind of feed on human emotions and they're basically like a non magical version of ghosts and like they uh they were like contained in these like pillars and now they've like been released um and into the world and they are causing all sorts of mayhem and what you do at what you're doing now as a team is that you are running a social media account um where you are like searching what is essentially Reddit for posts about like supernatural things to tip you off of supernatural events that are happening. And then um, you go to them and then they usually have like a whole sub mini storyline. Um, usually they're pretty good. Like they're, they're like the writing in this game is good enough that, y- that usually things aren't like so boring. They kind of throw you a little bit for a loop. Like there was, there was one, uh, there was a pretty decent one about how, uh, it was like this guy whose wife died uh, 40 years ago. His wife just showed up on their doorstep and he's been hanging out with her. And uh, she's obviously like, uh, you know, a helio by uh, taking uh, a form to like eat his emotions of his like, you know, love and his regret for like missing his wife and everything is sadness. Um, and- it seems so weird to sci-fi this, especially in this IP. Um, it's, I say it's as someone not, who like, hasn't really like involved themselves in this game. It, it's, it, I mean, this game, this game weird. is a little bit of everything. It's like almost Destiny like, where where um, there are you know people are throwing magic abilities, right? Like it, it is sci fi, but it's also like magical sci fi. It's also like you know people uh, the the gods in this like in this universe the there there are like it it is like a polytheistic thing, but the gods are like very much real. And they're very much like something that exists in the world that that uh like affects things. And are they like a Thor? Are they like a Loki? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's like not a bad example of it. But like by following a god or like uh, doing things like that, you gain powers from that god, kind of. So like people are like all the characters in the game. Like one of their instead of being like thief or something, like they're they have different things. Like their erudition and erudition has a god that's like this whimsy god. So like technically, those characters that follow those paths are like supposed to be like you know following the erudition god. So like there there is a lot of magic. There is a lot of like spirituality and like elements and magic thrown into this like far flung future. So so like I I don't know. I mean things do this, but I, it does like destiny. Like I said, comes to mind where it's that mix of like magic and technology in the future. Like you're in space, but you're also like you're you're on the moon and you flew there and you're in your like spaceship but then you're like throwing magic fireballs and shit out so so like it, it has a little bit of everything but like these like, like i said these are like not like true ghosts they're really creatures they're really these, these, these like um spiritual creatures that like feed on human emotion and uh yeah so this this wife showed up uh that uh, that's been dead for 40 years in a war and um the husbands have been hanging out with her and she's the wife is really the helio bus that's just eating away at the husband's kind of soul um by eating his like emotion this love he has for his wife um and like everything will be like usually there's like a a mechanic that goes along with this one of them was like one of them was so cool it was a um escape room basically where you're like going around getting different items and then like point and click style finding out where those items fit in how you're going to get out of this like escape room um and 
Uh, each of them have their own little story, and then afterwards you post about it and uh, take pictures and uh, try and uh, up your light count. It's a big. It's really about like getting that karma. You know what I mean? And uh, you do. It, there's literally a part where you do an AMA um, with fans, and you can like like the fans like ask things, and you have like multiple different answers on it, and whether they like their answers, they like you get more likes or whatever from the fans, and like that's. It's bizarre. You're like you're really just basically running a social media account. Yeah, it sounds bizarre. It is bizarre, but it, like it also sounds like the kind of thing that this isn't bringing new people to the game. Um, I I I don't think of it as like a selling. All you Phasmo heads out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't like really like no. I just like it's it's almost not a selling point as much as it is like it's just weird. Like the 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 light the life of this game like continues to like surprise me in weird ways where. Uh, they 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 quickly come out that with that content. They they get a big rush of like, okay, we came out with a big new major patch, and here's like two hours of two to four yeah. hours of story content that's going to push the story a little bit forward. And then after that, you're not doing anything really for like a month or two. And then while that's happening, they'll just have this like insane mechanic that is like super weird and fleshed out. Like the the, the amount of I feel like they really went through a lot of like lengths at like getting like weird reddit subculture and stuff down in the comments and ha- having everything be like interactable where you can like like and dislike like comments like upvote and downvote yeah. things and like all this like the screen for it is like weirdly good at it and uh, all this yeah. like it's just weird it's very weird you, you know sometimes i do think about uh trying out genshin again i would never do it unless i got a new phone but i'm also kind of rumble curious you know i'm kind of Kind of thinking about trying out Warcraft Rumble at some point, mm-hmm. if I get get a a phone that that could tolerate it. Is that a game that doesn't tolerate well on phones? I haven't I haven't tried it yet. I, I bet that if any game runs well on phone, like any mobile game runs well, it's probably the one made by Blizzard. They they would yeah. probably optimize a game. All right, well, we end it. that's the podcast. Uh, wow, we look at us doing two hours. Yep, two hours again because I played a video game. It's amazing what uh, playing a video game could do for the discourse on a video game podcast. So you can find us online, WTDGpodcast.com, on Twitter, at signwtdgpodcast. We'll get some notifications about when new shows go live or on your favorite uh, podcasting apps. You know, we've got the iTunes. We've got Spotify. Last FM, maybe. I don't know. You could scrabble us. I wouldn't mind if you scrabble us. Um, thank you, Ryan Galway and, and Bumpier for the use of, of your music off the brand new, brand new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find that at YouTube where you find links to all their merch. Are you sure that's not from 2020? Did I say 2022 and I meant 2020? It's 2020. It's Pop Songs 2020. No, I'm saying, are you sure that 2020 is new? I don't know that is that's it, new is anymore. Is it not or Pop Songs 2020? Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, James. Bye-bye. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. And... Welcome. Maybe I don't know. You could scrabble us. I wouldn't mind if you scrabble us. Um, thank you, Ryan Galway and and Bumpier for the use of, of your music off the brand new, brand new album, Pop Songs Twenty Twenty. You can find that at YouTube where you find links to all their merch. Are you sure that's not from Twenty Twenty? Did I say Twenty Twenty Two? And I meant Twenty Twenty. It's Twenty Twenty. It's Pop Songs Twenty Twenty. No, I'm saying, are you sure that Twenty Twenty is new? I don't know that is that's it, new is anymore. It not or Pop Songs Twenty Twenty. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, James. Bye-bye. Hello. Goodbye. And welcome.